0: Welcome to the Extraordinary Games Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dave Winchester. This week, we're going to be continuing the Halo Combat Evolved podcast from the prior week. Last week, we pretty much talked about some of the like just fun Halo memories and things along that line. This podcast is more focused on the story and lore and the, the levels themselves. So it gets a little bit into the nitty-gritty of... What is going on in Halo? So, if you haven't played Halo and you're not looking for spoilers, just turn off the podcast. But the game is like 20 years old. If you don't care, if you just want to hear our takes on what is going on in the Halo story in the first game and some subsequent games as well. So, we talk about Halo 1, 2, 3, and a little bit of the games that come after that. So, if you don't want any of that stuff spoiled, just turn off the podcast now. But if you do want it spoiled, get ready for a really cool podcast. I don't really have much to talk about as far as what I've been doing recently. I've been just playing a lot of just random stuff for the most part. Wu Long Fallen Dynasty has come out on Game Pass, so I might be playing that along with Atomic Heart. I don't know if I'm going to do any episodes on those, but I really just am interested in what's going on with those games and anything that comes on Game Pass I don't have to pay for. I'm kind of stoked to play, so I'm going to be giving those a shot still playing stuff like Tactics Ogre on the Switch. I have been addicted to Loop Hero for God knows how long on the Switch. It seems like every time I turn on the damn thing, it just it Loop Hero just sucks me in for like 2 hours. So for those of you who haven't played Loop Hero, just give it a shot. Take a look at it. It's totally worth it. Otherwise, I don't really have many updates. We do have The Last of Us podcast coming out next week. And that's going to be a two-parter as well. And then after that, I think we're going to be recording Fable, so that's something to look forward to. Otherwise, make sure you keep following us on your podcast catcher. What do I call it? Podcatcher. at some point in time? Whatever. Of choice. So we're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. Any place that you can pretty much get podcasts, we are there. If you don't want to do it that way, I do post these up on YouTube, so keep that in mind. And if you, you know, don't care about any of that and just want to support the show, we do have a Patreon. Uh, We do have a Facebook. Just go check out those in the links in the description. And that's about it. Enjoy the show. Have fun, guys. And like we were saying before, that's all Marty O'Donnell. Like, Marty O'Donnell, fucking, the audio direction in this game is completely something else. And the story itself is 100% on the shoulders of, of Cortana in Chief when you're playing the game. Like, it's them carrying the entirety of the thing. And, actually, I'd have to say, uh, quite a bit of it goes into Guilty Spark, too. Because Guilty Spark, as, an, as kind of a, a stand-in antagonist... Uh, towards the end of the game just kills it as far as like line delivery goes in every respect. And uh, I, I'm going to I'm gonna go with the story now. So for those of you who haven't played Halo, if you're one of the few who's never played Halo 1, first thing off, you, you should. But the game opens with pretty much just like a cold open of a bridge on a starship and Captain Keys, who's kind of the the leader of whatever remnants of this group of marines on the ship is
1: i never really understood how high up the rankings captain keys is because a captain like there's like what rankings are we doing because an admiral isn't in the marines but i'm pretty sure there's admirals in the unsc because everyone's like captain keys it's like well that. The captain is just in charge of like a group of people, a large one be that, but so I think what they did
0: was they kind of combined a lot of the terminology when it comes to like the military in the halo universe, since it's all under one universal umbrella. Now, since so like everything's under the UNSC, you have admirals, captains, even uh, master chief. That's a, that's a naval term. Like master chief is a rank in the Navy. Um, so I think what they ended up doing was kind of figuring out the, the 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 kind of like the tier list of what these rankings are and combining them overall. So Captain Keys, he's technically a captain because he's a, in charge of the frigate of the Pillar of Autumn, but once you get into like the ground forces and stuff, that's when you get to the admirals. If that makes any like any
1: kind of sense contextually, that makes sense. I think part of it too is when the UNSC was formed, they were like, oh, we have spaceships. Is this considered naval warfare or aircraft? Yeah, that's most most likely what happened. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, But moving back to the story. Yeah, so Captain
0: Keys pretty much says, hey, um, we made a blind jump into slip space, which I think just right off the bat, everybody knows that it's probably some sort of like wormhole jump, and they don't know where they are. That's why they made the blind jump. Uh, The reason why the covenant was able to follow, just for some backstory, is back on Fall of Reach, they ended up getting the coordinates off of the ship before they jumped. So that's why the covenant was able to follow. They normally wouldn't be able to. That's why he's so upset that the blind jump didn't get them away from the covenant and that they were still there. Uh, but he says, Hey, you know, get everybody that are battle stations also wake up master chief. And that's when the game opens with master chief getting out of the cryopod because he was put, a, put to cryo sleep to get him off planet reach from there. It's pretty much, you get off the pillar of autumn cause it, it gets shot out of space essentially by the covenant and you get an escape pod, go down, crash on halo The story there, the the one thing I really like about the game's story and the way it's told is everything makes sense. There's no part in this game where you're getting sent to a level or part of Halo where you're like, I don't know why the fuck I'm here. Like everything is, is contextually where it should be. So once you crash land on Halo, the first thing you do is you're rescuing Marines from the Pillar of Autumn. Like the ones that crash landed on there, like you actually can physically see the escape pods coming down. You're just going to get them. Once you rescue those once Master Chief rescues those Marines, you go and try to rescue Captain Keys uh, on a alien ship called the Truth and Reconciliation. So you can assume that the ship crashed, the Covenant captured Captain Keys, and now you have to go rescue him. So that leads you into the third mission where it's like a nice night sniping mission. You have to go rescue that,
1: like rescue the captain. And real quick, the actions taken make sense. Like all of that is pretty rational. Were they, were they initially trying to get away from the Covenant when they made a blind jump? Yes. So, okay. their
0: thought process was Reach is getting glass, which is the last military installation outside of Earth. Uh, so, like, Reach was, like, the first planet established as, like, a military base, and it's just outside of the solar system. So, once Reach falls, they knew that they were coming to Earth. So, at the end of Fall of Reach, they're like, we're just going to do a blind jump random coordinates to try to get as far away from there as possible and then maybe wherever we end up in the blind jump, like hop their way back to Earth using more jumps. That was their idea. So that way they could warn Earth that the Covenant was coming. But when they made that blind jump, they they ended up... Technically, it wasn't a blind jump. So what ended up happening is when they did the blind jump, Cortana had the coordinates for Halo. So when you play Halo Reach, the reason dr halsey gives cortana to uh the spartan group noble team is to get it to the pillar of autumn so that way she can jump the pillar of autumn to halo because at the time they thought halo was going to be the weapon that would help them you know get rid of the covenant um they didn't know exactly what it was but that's what they were assuming so it, it's a there's a lot of like weird interconnected backstory but you, again you don't need it in halo one
1: Even with all that information, I was able to follow all of that. (laughs) And I'm not just saying this to shit on the future games, like Halo 4 and on, but those games are so fucking muddied. It's ridiculous. Exactly. Going back a bit, after they jump every action taken afterwards makes sense your ship is being boarded like fuck dude we got to get out of here take an escape pod where are we going to go in the escape pod straight down to halo okay what do we do now we're on the fucking ring let's go see if anybody else is here and then we'll figure it out from there and then it just keeps going like that you just keep every action taken makes sense
0: yeah and then so once you rescue keys the the thing keys talks about is the silent cartographer. He says he heard the covenant uh, talking about the the cartographer. So the cartographer is just essentially a map of Halo, the the planet that you're on or the the ring that you're on. And the next logical step is like, okay, we got to beat the covenant to this map. Because if we can get to the map, we can figure out what the fuck's going on with this this ring world that we're on and maybe find a way off of it. So that's the the fourth mission, which is arguably the best mission of the game. I don't think it's the best mission of the game. I think it's really good, but I don't think it's the best. But I would assume that you probably think Silent Kartar is the best mission because we've had this uh, discussion before.
1: <laughs> I, I, it's one of my favorites. I love a lot about it. A lot of people will say a lot of great things. I love that. You know, the opening of that is just It's like you're storming Omaha Beach. It's fucking epic. It's fantastic. I love any mission I can drive a warthog in is a great mission. Any mission with Marines is amazing because for some reason, I just love the idea of like making sure I can get all the Marines alive. Like that's it just feels good because it's like, you know, it's not just about me. It's about you guys, too. And you get rewarded for it because if you do
0: get the Marines alive, like it, the the whole mission starts where you're coming in on this, the Pelican drop ship, you land and you're storing the beach and you're wiping out the covenant on the beach. And if you can get your Marines that are with you to the end of that little excursion where you're taking over the beach, uh, you now have people that can help you complete the rest of the mission because they'll hop in the Warthog and start gunning down enemies with you. Like, you don't just do it because it makes you feel good. You can also do it because, hey, you're actually getting help for this mission if you keep them alive. I don't
1: know if it's my favorite level. It's tough to say. <laughs> it's definitely up there. I really love... Uh, well, I'll mention when we get to it, actually. Okay. So, uh,
0: anyways, we, we, we go through Silent Cartographer. The, the hunters are introduced in this level, which are fucking amazing enemies. Uh, they're essentially walking tanks, but you can take them out with one shot if you shoot them in the lower back, which I find amazing. Because like, if you didn't know that, it's a really hard fight. But the second you find out they have like a soft, squishy bot, like spot on their back that you could just shoot with a pistol and kill in one shot. Changes the whole
1: game. I don't know how to work this in naturally, but they're worms that are just super smart and infest technology. Yeah, which they're is a cool. Infection of worms and the there's actually like a lot
0: of lore in the books where the hunters can grow up to be like they can inhabit the bodies of hunters that are like 30 feet tall and i've always wanted to see that in a halo game but instead they're just like
1: 12 feet tall or whatever i remember way back when halo 2 first came out i was like man hunters are so cool I wish you could play as one even before Halo 2, I think. And (laughs) I would like look it up like Hunters in Halo, how to play as, and there would be like (laughs) shit posts of people saying like If you beat it in one sitting on legendary without pausing, at the end you get to like just bullshit. And I would be like, That sounds fake. And it was fake. It was all of it. I think there is a way to be a hunter somehow. I don't know. It's some bullshit, probably. I'm probably still getting tricked to this day, actually. You can always hack
0: the PC PC version. That's probably the only way to do it. Uh, As far as I know. But, but uh, But yeah, so you get to the cartographer, and the cartographer pretty much tells you where the control room is for all of Halo. And the next mission is you trying to find the control room. Hence the name of the mission, Assault on the Control Room. This is actually my favorite mission of the game. Uh, I still
1: don't get it.
0: How? I played
1: through it. I played through it like 20 minutes prior to us starting this. I still don't get your stance on it.
0: Okay, I like it for a lot of reasons. One, it's cool because there's a lot of open area to fight in. But you also have like these tiny enclosed corridors and these like little stealth sections you can go through. So there's a lot of sections where it's like, you walk into a room and all of the grunts are sleeping. So you can sneak up behind them and just whack them in the back of the head and kill them. And that gives me like a really good dopamine hit. So I enjoy that. But it's also one of the few levels of the games where you can drive a warthog, a ghost, a tank, and a banshee. And that kind of has, because it, it gives you er- literally everything in the game is in this one level consolidated. You have good combat sections, you have good vehicle sections. pretty much every weapon in the game is found somewhere in this level it's a fairly long level with a variety of environments they give you tons of power-ups like invisibility and shit and you have a lot of like huge epic battle scenes like when you first come down the elevator and you're on ground level and you have like a wraith launching mortars at you while you're trying to get to the warthog and get marines in the warthog and you can um I'm pretty sure this is the part of level two where you can grab like a few rocket launchers. Like, there's just so much in this level that I enjoy. Plus, there's the bridge at the end where, right at the end of the level, you come out and there's like a, a huge bridge hanging over where the control room is, which is like this giant pyramid structure. And if you kill the elites on the bridge before they can get to the banshees, you can just take the banshee and fly directly to the control room and pretty much bypass the whole. Last like ten to fifteen minutes of the level. It's super cool and it rewards you for for being quick and like you know thinking and planning ahead. But yeah, assault on the control room so fucking good. Like I get why you don't like it. Just it's just like, but I just fucking love this level so
1: much. I think I might have a child's perception of it because I'm thinking <laughs> of like, why do I like Silent Cartographer? It's just everything all at once. There's so much. There's so much like saturation and whatnot. And then it's like there's this more i don't even want to say mellowed out because it's still bombastic there's still a lot going on but like it's it feels like the same few rooms a lot yeah i, I guess it does
0: because it is very samey where a silent cartographer has like the whole outdoor area plus it has the giant yeah. tunnel that goes down uh also i will note that this game has a great fucking sense of humor with its chapter titles I love when oh, you first dude. enter Assault of the Control Room, and it's like the the Pelican comes up and Master Chief's hanging out the back, and it scares the shit out of the grunt. And then the chapter title comes up, and it just says, "I would have been your daddy." Dot dot dot, which is a, but a the stupid dog joke. Dog, me over the fence. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, the same thing goes for Silent Cartographer. When you first get into the actual Silent Cartographer, like that that area that goes all the way down. Um, where the map room actually is at the very bottom. And you can take that right instead of a left, and it shows Master Chief walking up to the ledge and kicking the little rock down. And I think the, like,
1: the chapter name's like Shafted or something like that. I like, I love it so much. I like, the little yeah. character things are great. Uh, one of my favorite loading screen things is... Uh, uh, I believe it's on the library. It says, like, Floor 17. Floor no no it's like first
0: floor uh something second floor guns and ammo in like third floor like keys key to to su-
1: weapons of mass destruction, destruction or some
0: shit yeah i think it's like keys to super key to super
1: weapon that's what it is i uh, fucking love it so much it's like it's, it's like witty but not like hating you not over the head with humor yeah yeah and i think that's <sighs> why i like it i'm like this is fucking great. I'm having a little chuckle. It's got kind of a bleak connotation to a lot of it, too, which is a yeah. thing that would reverberate in a lot of Bungie's work. It's just really good.
0: It's just, like, not even just the writing of the game and the characters. Like, everything about this game,
1: they hit the tone. They, the they Halo, just nail it. The Halo games have a lot of eeriness to them, I've realized. Like, there's been a lot of talk of liminal spaces in recent memory, like in the last decade, probably. But Halo is always giving me that vibe. Where are you familiar with the concept? No, I have no idea what that is. Oh, okay. It's like like imagine an abandoned mall. It's okay. Like, like I, I think the the proper terminology for it or description is like places where you'd expect a lot of activity to be going on, but it is eerily abandoned. There is nothing. But it's like you your brain is still wanting to see what's out there that makes sense why that in context
0: in the context of this game it works because all of the structures on halo are very abandoned outside of the covenant but it always feels like there
1: should be something more there like you can tell this building serves a purpose but who is it for that's part of the reason i love silent cartographer so much is like just driving around it and then seeing little things i'm like who the fuck was this for? Because the Covenant wasn't always here. We definitely weren't always here. Who the fuck is this for? So that brings
0: us to the next level of the game. Because once you get to it through Assault in the control room, you get to the control room and you find out. Well, Cortana finds out. So Master Chief puts Cortana in like the, the hub of the control room. And she goes through and is kind of like looking around the databanks of the control room. And she realizes that this wasn't just a weapon; it was a a prison, essentially. It was, I think, she calls it like a fortress world that was was meant meant to to keep. Spot on, Jesus! Like, (laughs) I told you, I played this game a lot. This is like word
1: for word. This is amazing.
0: (laughs) So she says, like, this is a fortress planet it's housing something. And then you see like, there's like a little second where she looks a little bit deeper and she's like, Oh shit. Uh, keys is going to unlock something bad, which is ironic because his name is keys. Um, he's going to let like something bad is going to happen if he gets to where he's supposed to go because he was off on another mission on the other side of the ring. And she's just like, don't even, don't even take me out of the system. Just like fucking go, like go to this area and, you know, stop him before it's too late. Which leads us to, like, probably my second favorite mission of the game,
1: which is 343 Guilty Spark. This um, might be my favorite. I'm. It's tough because there's a lot I love about it. It's spooky, it's creepy, it's eerie, and that's, that's in so many words. Yeah. It's so,
0: like, the atmosphere just from the start. So the, the, the mission starts, and you're just getting dropped off from the pelican into this swamp area. And you notice that the grunts in the the rest of the covenant in the area are actually fleeing like they're not they're not hanging out waiting for you they're they're actively running away from something for the most part and you get hints of like a little battle happening and as you work your way into this forerunner complex which is it's so i think i don't know if it's given away on assault in the control room that this is a forerunner structure that was built by um, like the the aliens that essentially came before humanity but that's what this place is It's the ring world was built by the forerunner which came before humanity which came before the covenant they're an ancient race from like millions and millions of years ago but as you work your way into this structure and, and go down you see like shit is weird like you have covenant fleeing from things you see a lot of dead bodies you see uh, the, the thing that always gets me in this level and I fucking love it is when you enter there's a doorway that you enter and there's a marine there with a pistol and he just instantly starts starts shooting at you and he's like get away get away like don't let them get me get away and then he just like won't let you near him
1: and i always end up killing that guy because i feel bad for him my my favorite part of that is he runs out of ammo in the magazine and you can hear it like clicking and it's like that's a great detail that's fucking fantastic (sighs) So fucking good.
0: Every part of this level is just is really well done, like pacing wise and everything. And when you finally get to this area where Keys is supposed to be, this cutscene that they show is probably for the time the best directed cutscene like up until that point in any video game ever. And I'm going like Metal Gear Solid, like all the way the fuck back. Because you have Chief finding um this helmet and he like walks over who was and, the helmet belonging to oh no he, he actually he doesn't fight a helmet i'm actually wrong he goes over to the door that has the the whatever device they use to open the door on it and he hits the buttons and the door opens up and a marine falls on top of him and he kind of looks at the marine and is like no what the hell happened like this marine's dead but there's n- like no reason he should be so he drops the body and you see him kind of like crouch walking over to this helmet that's lying on the floor and he takes the the chip out of the helmet and puts it into his helmet and the cool thing is and a lot of people don't realize this you for, you kind of forget that cortana isn't with him at this point because Cortana's is still in the control room she's still in that system so when he puts that chip into his helmet he technically can only do it because Cortana's not in there and he starts watching what happened to the Marines through this thing. And it's a really cool, almost like horror slash like Terminator scene. And if you that's think why about
1: it. I love it because it's a POV. video. Yeah. like it's, it's private Jenkins. I believe is it. Yep. Private Jenkins. And the, uh, the sound,
0: the, the it, um, music track for it is actually called like lament for private Jenkins. And you still, really cool.
1: you still know nothing. You're still discovering things. All you know is that you know nothing, but there's something bad going on. Yeah. And this is notably like the most alone you've been in the game. There's been times where you've been alone, but this is like aggressively alone because you don't even have enemies at this point, really, if I'm not mistaken. There's no, you don't see any covenant except for the
0: ones running away on the surface. You don't have Cortana with you telling you what to do. So it's just and quiet. So that, even when you land in the, the swamp, the only thing you hear is a- ambient noise. Once the covenant go away, it's just like you hear the, the noise of the
1: ring. It's really cool. I, I love it so much because it reminds you you're on an alien world. It's like, yeah, there would be regular trees, trees, like deciduous trees. Sure. But there's also fucking weird alien shit too. Cause why wouldn't there be, this is a great reminder of that. Like you look at some of the foliage and it's like, I am lost and yeah. not having Cortana that just builds it because think of how much mystery would have been just like wasted. If Cortana was there to explain it, like, or to chime in, you are just so aggressively alone in this mission just makes you sit with these thoughts and discovery and you would think I would be sick of the flood after them being in so many games I'm not I fucking (laughs) love I love them as an enemy because it's the whole point of them is they need organic matter to continue they're kind of like a fungus we'll say kind Think, of yeah yeah it's like the last of us before the last of us
0: because they need some sort of organic matter to to continue to live and the cut the cutscene. scene so once you've like once jenkins video plays there's a lot of like mystery for the first like couple minutes of the video it's like they go into the structure and they're like there's nobody here and then they find a dead elite with the his insides just scorched out which is a really fucking cool touch. And then they finally get into the room that the master chief is currently in watching the video. And all of a sudden, like they get attacked by the, like these little popcorn flood creatures that you have no idea what they are. And they just get completely overwhelmed. And right when that happens and and Jenkins goes down, which is funny because like you hear keys go, what are you doing? Soldier Jenkins start firing or whatever. And Jenkins like, there's too many of them, sir And then he gets fucking taken out and that's when Chief pulls the the chip from his head and the doors start banging in the room and then all of a sudden the fucking flood come out and it's just it's such a good scene because one you're alone, two you know this is whatever threat this is just took out an entire squad of Marines and probably Captain Keys and now you're trapped in here with whatever the fuck it is. And it's almost like a horror game at this point.
1: It's like it's like the thing where you're alone with this new creature. And even though you've been fighting aliens this entire time, that's just kind of like in the back of your mind. It's like fucking aliens, humans, whatever. What's the difference? They're shooting me. I'm shooting them. Then you get to this stage and it's like, you know... The game is going to take a turn. It's noticeably there at this point where it's like, oh, some shit is going to happen. It's not. And one of my favorite things about it was it being called a weapon. It plays with your perception of what a weapon is. You pick up a gun, you look at it in your hands. You can say beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is a weapon in this game. But then it's like, oh, fuck weapons can be other things, too such as something that wants to corrupt organic matter entirely to get rid of it, that can be a weapon. So you're already, it's already twisted its meaning and you're like, oh shit, we got to deal with this now.
0: Yeah. And now you have to fight your way out of the facility you just went through. And this is kind of where the game starts going and just like backtracking through the entirety of what you just played. So you, you end up fighting your way out of the, the little Forerunner installation that you're in that, that released the Flood. And it starts almost this, this war that you'll see going forward where it's like the Flood versus the Covenant, no matter where you go. But once you get out of the facility, you run into 343 Guilty Spark. Which is one of my favorite characters of the entire series. He's fucking wonderful. He's just kind of like a floating, think of like a floating drone, but he's kind of like a round orb with an eye. He's a and, ball,
1: Dave. Call him what he is.
0: Yeah, he's a, he's a floating. He's ball. a little British ball. He's not even British. He's just he's just got like a. I don't th- I don't think he has a British I accent. Think he's I think not. It's just, like, <laughs> it's just like really good American accent. But he he does. It's just so great because like he's a robot obviously because look at him but he also <laughs> like he hums and he sings and like he says uh, i'm
1: get- so smart or i'm the smartest or some shit like that and that tickles me so much like i, I love no him. he goes he goes i am a genius i
0: fucking I, love that uh, But
1: but yeah, so- this little guy has been alone for so long and it's like oh buddy so you run into this
0: little dude who who's like okay like she, the flood's out bad shit is going down we have to we have to contain this we have to stop this situation right so he teleports you away to this place called the library which is undoubtedly and I don't think anybody could fucking argue with this the worst level of the
1: game am i wrong I'm here to argue it I fucking love speedrunning the library Okay, not speed running the library. I was just saying the library as a level. I don't think it's my least favorite in Halo 1. I don't know. I I, I would uh, have to play it again. Because there is times... Dude, can the flood use rocket launchers in this in Halo 1? Yes, they one? can.
0: And they fucking they have there's F- two fuck places that. in the library where they have rocket launchers. That's the- and it's always at the end of a hallway too, which is a pain in the ass. I
1: hate that. I hate the shit out of that cuz that has fucked me so many goddamn times. Yeah. But the library as a concept I fucking love it. I genuinely like it as an idea. Cuz again, it's-, it's it's playing with your perception on it. It's like no, actually, hold up. Wait a minute. If you had to be teleported to the library, how are the flood there? So the flood... So the library itself
0: was actually just another containment area for the flood. Oh, okay. But the, so the, the thought process behind it is this, right? Now I'm going to get into a little bit of lore. So the index, which is what's needed to it's activate Halo... Yeah, it's a key. The only people that can use the index, and it's stated... This several fucking times, which is going to make me go off in a tangent in a second, are humans, also known as forerunner. They say it several fucking Wait, br- times I in this that game.
1: Cool. I yeah, that yeah, humans. Yeah, yeah. you're going to say the, the didact from Halo Four, right? Yeah. Uh, no. Don't they like
0: reckon that to be aliens? Yes, that's what ended up happening. So there are multiple times in the first second and third games where they say specifically that you as a human are forerunner i will actually quote halo 3 at the very end of halo 3 when you're fighting the monitor spoiler for people that haven't fucking played halo 3 he goes you are the one to inherit all this all the ones that, are, that the Forerunner left behind. You are Reclaimer. You are Forerunner. He specifically says that at the end of Halo 3. Now, Davey... Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, in fucking Halo 4, they bring in the Didact, who is Forerunner, but most definitely not fucking human. So, in my opinion, what I think happened... Is when 343 Industries got a hold of Halo, they retconned everything about the Forerunner being human because they had
1: some stupid story to tell in Halo 4. And Dave, are you familiar with the theory, this is a real life theory that is, that humans were played with by aliens? Yeah. Like j- gene-wise. Yeah, wise. Ancient,
0: alien, ancient alien style. I got you.
1: Yeah, Aliens. Yeah. Now, <laughs> aliens. What yeah, you know I did the hands. <laughs> uh, now, what if... This is giving future Halo games too much credit. I know for a fact they don't mean this. But what if they're one in the same? What if the Forerunners were aliens, but also human stem? They originate from Forerunner DNA. So technically both are true. So
0: here's the thing. here's the Here's the problem with this story and why it was... Very inconsistent. Wait, wait, real
1: real quick, there's forerunner structures, right? In Halo 1.
0: Yes, you're in forerunner. Technically all of Halo is a forerunner structure. Humans made though? Humans made that? Is that what you're getting at? What fucking humans? (laughs) So humans again, humans are forerunner. So What you have to realize is there's this whole thing that they they get into in um, Halo Legends where the Forerunner and the humans were at war for a long time. But again, I think Halo Legends was designed to retcon all of what was uh, set up in Halo 1, 2, and 3 so they could do Halo 4. It makes, If you think of the story, it makes far more sense that humans are Forerunner than anything else. Can I I'm gonna explain it real this I can't believe we're almost at two hours. But I'm gonna explain this real quick just to like kind of like power through it so we can get back to, to the story of the game. So think about it this way. The only people that can activate Halo, like the only races that can activate Halo are humans. Because think of the end of Halo 2, right? When Tartarus is trying to activate Halo, who does he need? To fucking activate
1: it, he needs a human. Right. It also happens in Halo Three, where he's like trying to fuck Sergeant Johnson. He's like, "Fucking activate it, bitch!" And Sergeant Johnson's like, "Hey, how about you kiss me first, baby?" Exactly. Uh, like so it has, it has to be
0: a human. It has to be a human, but that's which what means, I'm...
1: go ahead. But like, okay,
0: if they w- if humans were gem- genetically modified by Forerunners, they technically wouldn't be Forerunners. That's the thing. It says who? You have to assume that humans themselves are forerunners, since they're the only ones that can use the technology also what do about you really do you really want your mind blown right now do you really want it? like the whole thing to to just like i all just want to know together? who
1: made the fucking ring in the first place because these humans barely made it off a fucking ship to something they allegedly made on their own so think of this
0: right I'm when go when you're looking at the covenant as a as a conglomerate of species, oh okay, they that makes- they okay. they and they took in the grunts who are fucking useless, the, un-goy, the un-goy. Yeah, the my
1: boys, they the had their Shan- own little revolution. I fucking love them,
0: the shanghili, the, the San- brutes. Kiel-ish. The, the Shang Sang Healy, they're just pronounced two different ways, either way. Is it right? Really? Yeah, it really is. One of those um, is wrong, then I choose. <laughs> so, the Sang Healy, the Brutes, like all these races, when they came in contact with them, they either subjugated them or took them into the covenant, correct? Yeah. Why is it when they ran into humans, they decided to fucking kill them all? <laughs> like, all of them. They were just like, fuck it. So the thought process behind it and why this makes sense is at some point in time, the prophets figured out that the humans were forerunner and that if for whatever reason, any other part of the covenant besides the prophets figured this out, then there would be a huge mutiny and they would treat humans as gods because humans could use all Forerunner technology, including the Halo rings. So instead of trying to subjugate humans, they were going to wipe them out. So that way, if the humans never existed, then the Prophets would be the closest thing that the Covenant would have to Forerunner, and they would rule the galaxy.
1: And not to go too far away from the plot of Halo 1, (laughs) but, but the Prophets did do that. Like, they... They were. I mean, you don't even fucking hear about the prophets until Halo Two. This is no, you this don't. Is really you far don't. out. Maybe we um, should. Maybe we should get back to. All right. We've all gone right. So, so far away. I know.
0: I know. But, it's like, so I'm sure if, if there's for the four people listening to this podcast, they're probably like, Holy shit, it all makes sense now. I was just but,
1: thinking, I'm like, Man, none of this makes any sense to anybody. I don't even know about if, it because you, I love it, Halo. But, so, if uh, you
0: if you take just Halo 1, 2, and 3 and put them together and realize that, that humans are forerunner, it makes infinitely more sense. And then the second you add in Halo 4, it all goes to shit. Like whatever story that they had planned just
1: like went out the fucking window and I, Halo I, 4 and on ruined it. I choose to believe they're descendants of Forerunner. Because I like mean, it,
0: it, uh, you could, but you still have the Didact. That's the problem.
1: I don't give a Look two at two the shit Didact. I'm just thinking the original Halo because I've kind of given up hope at this point. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like, also
0: I, Also, can I just say this too? Think about where the ark is located. Like the the teleporter for the ark, Arizona. It's located it's located on Earth. Like why would they put it on Earth? Earth? Remember it's in New Mombasa. So in Halo 3, the teleporter that takes them to the ark, that big fucking ship that uh opens the gateway that you know like everybody goes through to get to the the ark itself yeah. is located on Earth. So, why would it be located on earth <laughs> where is
1: where is it like in the gameplay of halo three uh
0: fourth mission third or fourth mission so the first missions you're in the jungle second mission um is the u n s c base the th- uh it's actually the fifth mission it's after you feat- defeat the scarab um because it teleports you to the ark which like uh it's like a whole thing where you end up on like the arc which is the thing that makes all the rings and it's like it's a desert level the first one you start off with a sniper rifle. Replay Halo 3. Halo
1: is really I weird. I remember that but I'm so bad. I skip the cutscenes and it fucks me cuz I'm I'm used to games where it's like a uh, cutscenes don't matter. Yeah. Or but it's anyways, like yeah, back on point. <laughs> back back to Halo 1. Uh so
0: anyways, uh where was? Oh, yeah, I got. It. So he teleports you to the library. The, there's almost no context given, um, except for the fact that like, Guilty Spark pretty much tells Master Chief, "Hey, your environment suit is really good at combating the flood. Congratulations, but your weapons suck. Why aren't you using Forerunner weapons? That's weird. Why would he be asking you why you aren't using Forerunner weapons?" And then you get to the index itself, and he teleports you back to the control room where Cortana is, and when he teleports you back. Master Chief inserts the index into the control into the control panel, but um, Cortana launches three four three Guilty Spark back and doesn't allow you to use the index in the control panel because Bing 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 giant bells and whistles go off and she's like, "Yo, if you insert the index and activate Halo, it kills everything in the galaxy, human." Flood, I mean, human covenant doesn't matter because the flood will uh, it doesn't kill the flood, it kills the food, which is human and covenant. So, if you activate Halo, we all die. So, she pretty much just tells you, like, that guilty spark is a dick
1: and was trying to kill us all. Now, when people talk about twists, nobody mentions the ones in Halo, which blows no, which is a good one because when I heard that, it kills their food. It's like the weapon thing. It's like, shit, I never thought of it that way. Like, it kills their food. I'm their food. Oh, fuck, it kills me. Like- and it's also funny because he, he, as in Master
0: Chief, tries to defend Guilty Spark. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He helped me do this. Uh, like, we should probably trust him. And then Cortana's like, hey, who's been with you almost this entire time? Trust me.
1: I do fucking love that. He's like, like Master Chief's thinking on it. It's like, he's good at taking orders, but then he meets this random little ball and the ball doesn't give a shit. The ball's like, I'm going to live anyway, bitch. So I'm like, fuck it. Let's get my job going. Yeah. But the ball pretty much told him like, Hey, if you, if you do this, if you
0: activate the ring, the, the, uh, the covenant and the flood are going to die. He just omits the fact that all the humans are also going to die. 343
1: three Guilty Spark is just a little piece of shit, and I he's love him. He's so like, good. He's a fucker. He's good. He's a good so, character. I love so him. So
0: now, where you before just had this like two-way fight between the Covenant and the Flood, you now have the Covenant and the Flood fighting, and on top of that, you have all the monitors, which are the Forerunner uh, drones, also going after you. So now it's just a clusterfuck. Like, the the rest of the game, this is what you're having to deal with. So you fight your way through the installation. And the... What is this? Two Betrayals is the name of this level at this point. Yeah. And you have to jump into these, like, energy beams. What? Why do you jump in the energy beams? I forget now.
1: So Cortana tells you that you're she, like, overclocks your shield or something. And you need to jump into them to, like, create an EMP to shut it down oh yeah yeah why do you why do you need to do that though you know
0: what that's actually something i don't know i can't remember why um i just remember you have to like you have to do it to i it does something i assume i I, it's an objective I, i don't
1: remember why you need to get rid of the generators or whatever yeah but you do it for some reason and then you do it for some reason yeah
0: and then she tells you wait I have found Captain Keys' signal. Maybe it was like a signal blocker thing. I don't know. But Cortana tells you... It was probably... Like, uh... oh, 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 I actually remember why. I distinctly remember why. I think it's um, because she needed it to be able to use the teleportation grid to get you out of that area. Uh, and I could be fucking wrong. I could just be... How did...
1: Uh, re- real quick, how did Master Chief get to where the the monitor is like he lands in a pelican but did the pelican like like is is it just able to pick him up what do you mean From what part from uh assault on the control room like the end of that oh from does the pelican just pick him up from there uh and oh yeah he runs out
0: and i assume yeah he probably goes out and just gets picked up by a pelican i guess that makes sense like there's nothing saying he can't do that fuck it um and then after that cortana teleports you back to the truth and reconciliation so that way you can rescue keys and it's truth and reconciliation that's a just just a fucked level because you have the flood fighting the covenant and you have to like you're off the ship you're on the ship you're trying to get to keys it's really good though because it really gives you a the idea like of scale as far as this whole battle war between the two is happening because everywhere you go it's always like you walk into a scene and like the fucking the covenant are mounted up with like mounted guns and there's just like a whole slew of them trying to like take out a bunch of flood and it's just
1: epic I fucking love that level um it it's uh halo 2 harkens back to it in a fun way where Pretty much at a similar point. Master Chief is doing the same shit, but in an even grander scale. Yeah. Where like it's a clearly they liked the concept of like multi-layer battles, we'll say. And it works well. With a clear progression. They have the
0: AI for I appreciate it. I mean, it. that's the thing. Like it doesn't f- the, the coolest part about those battles too is they don't feel staged. Like they happen a different no. way every time, so the AI is constantly bouncing off each other. So every time you go into a battle, it's it's going to be
1: different. Even if you're loading the same checkpoint, it's going to be different, which is cool. Um, and it's never like they're ganging up on you because they might they might attack you, but then also they'll like try to prioritize their fighting. It's a really good display of just how far the AI has come since previous iterations of gaming. Yeah.
0: And this level ends with you finding out that Keys has been infected by the Flood when he was captured. And they were using him to pretty much control the truth and reconciliation. So Master Chief does the only thing he can do and puts him out of his misery oh, and just fucking punches him quick, in the face. Dude,
1: I'm pretty sure they were controlling him specifically because he had some knowledge of like covenant machinery or something like that. I, I saw that as a tidbit somewhere. Yeah. Like, that's that's why he's still around. So even that got explained. Like, gameplay purposes? Sure, why not? Why why wouldn't, like, the big guy be there? But also, they how the Flood works is they're a hive mind. And they want knowledge. When they absorb something, they gain its knowledge. Captain Keyes is just, like, a big, juicy brain for them. So they wanted him. Yeah. And he's still edging on conscious human thought. But he's, like transformed at this point
0: which is one of the the coolest and both saddest scenes in the game because like chief just ends up punching his face out and taking out his uh it's i guess it's like his chip like imagine there's an ai in keys's brain kind of but that chip itself is the only thing that will allow them to activate the pillar of autumn's self-destruct sequence so that was the whole reason that they came here is they wanted to get back to the pillar of autumn and just blow it up and just take out the ring and hopefully
1: escape from it. So one of my favorite things in, in this part is if you look at the body of keys afterwards, there's just a giant impression where his face used to I fucking be. I love it. It's so good. It- it's like but chief is that really the best way to do i mean you can't really shoot him because he might damage the chip i get it but it's really funny to me i know it's so good though all right where were we <laughs> uh keys keys got punched in the all face right. keys.
0: oh yeah fucking keys hole in the face and then master chief gets the chip so he can go back to the pillar of autumn so we can blow it up and take out the covenant So Cortana... Oh, no, I was going to say Cortana teleports him back. That doesn't happen. Master Chief hijacks a banshee to escape in a death-defying, cool escape sequence um, to get out of the Covenant ship. Uh,
1: I love that scene. He just, like... It's fucking all banged up. It's clearly been through some shit. And it fall- wait is that this or is that halo 2 No too? that's where it, one. like falls off. That's this one where okay. it's like he's going towards and the ship and then he like climbs up. Yeah. yeah. And it like dips down it's- and fucking he crashes into the side. I I have never thought it looks badass. It just makes me laugh when he just like climbs up like yeah all right then. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just again i don't know how it's meant to be seen but it always makes again tone of the game fucking
0: perfect like you're going into the last level of the game and it still finds a way to like make it kind of corny cheesy action movie right off the bat it's so fucking good um so Master Chief ends up getting to back to the Pillar of Autumn safely, and it's completely infested by the Flood and by the Covenant. So it's it's, it's a shit show on this ship. Uh, and he battles his way back to the control room of the Pillar of Autumn. He has the the uh, the Keezes chip, puts it in to start the self-destruct sequence, but uh uh, uh that's not going to fucking work. Why? Because 343 Guilty Spark is on the ship, And he is fucking around with a bunch of shit in the engine room. And that's when you get the, the line that was said earlier where he, Oh, this, Oh, this is perfect. This actually, again, fits into the whole forerunner thing. So as he's on the, the ship, uh, three, four, three guilty sparks going around and dipping into each computer system and trying to get more knowledge about like the human race and stuff. And, there is a line that he says, where he says, ooh, what's this? All A record of all our lost time. Human history, isn't it? Is it? Fascinating. And again, look what he says. Uh, it's a, it's all of our
1: lost time. So it's just... I feel like next time I see you, you're just going to look hollowed out, <laughs> and you're going to be pointing to like diagrams on a whiteboard like this. I this is what's going like you're, you're chain smoking at this point probably will be it's it's most likely probably. Gonna happen. but yeah so he ends
0: up the 343 guilty spark ends up going and shutting down the self-destruct sequence and cortana's like shit even if i were to restart it there's nothing we can do because he has control over the entire ship and in the most badass maneuver ever Chief's like, so what would it take to, you know, cause the reactors to go critical? And she says, a well-placed grenade, perhaps. And there's Chief
1: just tossing a grenade up and down. Fucking great. Just such a good fucking scene. I love it. He's a fucking amazing soldier and just knows what to do. Like, if he doesn't know what to do, he's open to suggestion. But also, he's a pragmatist. Like... Oh, I got to get the chip from Keys. Got to kill him at the same time. I'll fucking punch him. <laughs> How do I blow up a ship? I don't know. Probably blow it up in smaller doses to make a bigger explosion. It's like a child, but it's also like, did that make sense? Why would he try to do it anymore? Like, why would he try to make a big problem out of something small? You expect it to be this
0: like big, complicated fucking situation where you have to like go and find a computer. He's like, no, I'm just going to fucking blow it up. It's fine
1: exactly why wouldn't that work and then cortana's like eh, if you want you can stop by the armory and then if you go to the armory of the ship because of course there would be a fucking armory because it's a badass game if you go there you encounter some invisible elites oh no 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 In- it's even invisible better flood. invisible yeah flood. that's it fucking mind blown. so good terrifying every time and the game
0: really rewards you for paying attention, because if you do go to the armory, they give you rockets, which is so much easier to take out the engines with than a fucking grenade. Yeah, like, arcing yeah, yeah. those grenades into the, the engine cores is a real pain in the ass. It's it's tricky, especially because you're being attacked the entire time. Yeah. And this is one of the few times this game, like any Halo game, has done almost like a, I wouldn't even call it like a puzzle sequence, but something different. And I really enjoy that, where they have you trying to open up the the engine cores and lob the grenades inside. I don't know why. I find it like it's just like a really interesting part of the game to me. Um, But then after that, it's It's, the the escape sequence, which is again like one of the greatest
1: finales in a fucking video game ever. uh, Commonly referred to as a warthog run, what would later become a staple of the series wasn't seen again until Halo 3, which. That wasn't by design. Halo 2, not to go too far into Halo 2 because that'll get its own time soon, hopefully. Halo 2 intended to have a Warthog run, but like we mentioned earlier, it was cut short due to development. Instead, you, you had to fight Tartar sauce. Fucking Tartar. A, he's a bitch, but it, that fight lends itself to my one of my favorite glitches in any game. Uh, it's called the Johnson cloning glitch <laughs> or something like that. More on that later. Yeah. But Halo 2, they had the idea to do it again as early as Halo 2. There is a beta version of Halo 2's Warthog run that you can play. Really? Somehow. Yeah. I mean, you, can, you can download it from like Mediafire or something. So like, you know. So it exists in some way. Mm-hmm. It, it exists. You can see it online. Like, it's there. Yeah. And people are trying to recreate it, but it wasn't seen again proper until Halo 3. It was so popular, even the offshoot Halo 3 ODST had its own version of it. Because it's fun as fuck. It's... it's- it actually works in the game
0: so i'm not going to complain did halo reach have one uh no it had the closest it got was the the highway run at the end of the game where you had the mongoose and one of the odsts it was usually on the back with like a rocket launcher that was as close as it got but it it it, it didn't it didn't feel the same um Uh. but yeah and that pretty much ends the game at the Warthog run. He ends up blowing up the Pillar of Autumn. And if you beat it on legendary, you get a nice scene of Sergeant Johnson hugging hugging an elite, which is nice. And the
1: ring blows up and then that's it. Real quick, real quick, I have two different memories of that scene. What do you mean? One of them, the one of them, the elite grabs Sergeant Johnson's ass. No, that's, legit. that's a legit this
0: legit thing. He says
1: that one happens yeah he says hold me and then i remember them yeah
0: yeah, they hug and then his hands just go down like a little bit
1: (laughs) okay i wasn't sure if i just dreamt that one because i remember them hugging but i wasn't sure if there was one where they just hug and then one where like you know no no,
0: there's, there's, it's just the hug and oh, then the, the, his hands go down a bit lower and touches the butt. A,
1: a, f- a fun little callback to that is seen in Halo 2 in the mission. I think it's called the Armory. It's like the first thing where you're doing the tutorial yeah. where... Uh, the gunnery sergeant or whatever the armorer is like oh johnson you ever gonna tell me how he got off that hail ring and it's like sorry gun that's classified <laughs> <laughs> my ass well you could forget the upgrades to your marks is some shit like that's that. very
0: accurate to that scene actually that was almost almost uh, J- worked for johnson
1: work. goes he's in a particularly fine mood yeah. and uh, that's i quote that constantly <laughs> well yeah but it's a fun little callback. I, I love thinking, like, because it's a little a little double tinge where it's, like, it's classified because, you know, hey, I can't tell you. Mm, top secret. But then also I like imagining Johnson's, like, shit, man, that elite hugged me and saved my fucking <laughs> life. I can't tell anybody about that. One of the coolest like, things of this game,
0: too, is the fact that if you start on a different difficulty level from the beginning of the game, his line is different every single time. The line that he True. gives to the Marines in the loading bay at the very start of the game actually changes oh, based on shit. difficulty. Yeah, I did not know yeah. that. Uh, I can't remember what which lines like which, but if you like all from easy all the way up through legendary, they're all different.
1: It's pretty cool. I I can't state enough how much I fucking love Sergeant Avery Johnson. He is in my top five favorite video game characters and he was intended to just be another marine yeah like there's there's other marines out there that have names and whatnot there's chips dubbo which is like a big famous one that's a fun little Easter egg every time he's just an Australian marine i believe i think so but sergeant J- Sergeant Johnson was just meant to be another marine they were like we need somebody
0: and then they kept him alive he has also he also has like a really yeah. like dark backstory too. Yeah, he's like almost a Spartan. He's badass. He was almost a Spartan, and then all the things that they did to him gave him cancer, which is why at the end of Halo 3, he's like totally cool with dying. Because he's like, I'm going to fucking die anyways. I have cancer. Really
1: dark shit. Uh, Unless you save his life in Halo 3 with a glitch. Oh, shit. (laughs) I love doing that shit. Anything. Every single glitch I love in Halo involves Johnson. That's good. I. I couldn't get enough of him in Halo 2. Fucking clone him for the ending. I got sad that he died in Halo 3. Spoilers. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> oh, but wait, did he die? Oh, just fucking glitch the game so he stays alive. <laughs> Fuck it. Oh. And that's one of the cool things about Halo. It got some good glitches. Oh, and, you know, you should probably wrap up at some point. But a few footnotes is, you know, just... It's a great game for speed running. If you're trying to get into it, very it's a high skill ceiling speed running game, but also just a lot of fun to play fast. It really is. And And going back a bit to wanting to explore, the Halo games are great games to get out of bounds and try to explore around. They were one of the first games I did it with, and it is a treat every time to see what's out there. There's a lot of
0: stuff that you can break in in most of the Halo games, especially Halo One though, and uh, especially because oh the physics God. are weird, you can do like shit like warthog, warthog launching and
1: um, shortcuts through levels. Did you ever? Did you ever see the video? This was like, like right when Halo came out, probably, or right when YouTube was taking off. One of the two. It was just like. Somebody playing with the physics of warthogs. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: I think everybody's and, seen that because, like I said, the physics of this game <laughs> don't work. They they're like,
1: I they're kind of busted. Halo is a fantastic game. Uh, the should should we say the ending proper? I mean, yeah, like the end. end I mean, the only the only end the only end,
0: end is is Master Chief blows up Halo, flies away in a uh, stealth fighter, and takes off his helmet but you don't get to see his face and he's pretty much like we're just getting started when it comes to to halo which is a really cool scene it just it
1: it's very alien and i enjoy it a lot i love that in sci-fi things where it's like you know what has been accomplished in that like tell me what got accomplished they destroyed a threat that nobody really knew existed That's true. So it's like, well, was it was it a threat? (laughs) Like if neither human nor covenant ever ended up on Halo, what would have been accomplished just now? But it's just that's that was the situation he found himself in and that's how it got resolved. Exactly. No, everyone's a little worse off now.
0: It's nice though, because it ends it in this like nice, tidy, neat like bow where it's a it's a self-contained story. You don't need to know anymore. If you were to just play Halo One I think, like, if nobody has ever played Halo before and decided to play Halo 1 right now, I think they'd be satisfied with that story. And that's the way it should be.
1: Unlike Halo 2. Where you're just, like, left, like, wanting more. I do really love how at the end of Halo 2, Master Chief literally just says, like, oh, Halo 3, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Like, when I saw that, I was like, you motherfucker.
0: Yeah. It was kind of a thing that a lot of games did, actually. Like, uh, Soul Reaver 2 does that, and it's uh, no, Soul Reaver One does that, and that's so annoying. Yeah, especially because Soul Reaver One, like, is on PlayStation, and Soul Reaver Two is on PlayStation Two. So it's like, oh yeah, to be continued on another fucking console
1: that you're gonna have to buy. It's Just, uh, you know, what game doesn't do that? What game? Fable One, yeah, baby. We have, to, we have to do Fable One at
0: some point. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm like, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm playing I'm, through it now.
1: Goddamn bad checkpoint system are you are you past the tutorial david said because he, there's not a checkpoint in the middle of the tutorial not in the middle of the tutorial okay
0: it's literally like there's a point where you come back and you go to sleep and it's the following day and you're doing more tutorial shit and you would figure oh if there's like a loading screen and you slept that would be a checkpoint but no
1: why didn't you say I did. it's an rpg that's the thing. Okay. It
0: only if you save it only saves the last checkpoint. So if it doesn't okay, checkpoint,
1: being being, f- being fair to you, that is stupid. That is something I have. Oh, fuck it. We could talk about this on the I, I, fable yeah. one. All right. So
0: the last thing I want to talk about with Halo, and this is going to be the the end of it. We're at like nearly two and a half hours, which is closing in on Skyrim time. But I'm fine with it because I could talk about Halo all day. The fucking multiplayer in this game is. The reason that we probably
1: have so many multiplayer games right now. like, And I wanted I wanted to talk about this with Halo 2's multiplayer when you mentioned it earlier. I'll mention it very briefly. Halo 2's multiplayer is the reason Xbox Live exists today. Oh, yeah. Let's see. It, ha- it was so successful that it launched Xbox Live into the fucking stratosphere. It's also as we know it the now. first
0: game to use matchmaking. So it's the reason matchmaking exists. If it wasn't for Halo 2, I'm pretty sure we'd still be using server browsers. Like old school, like fucking Battlefield shit style server browsers. So Halo 2, we we owe Halo 2 a lot in that respect. But Halo 1, we also owe a lot because Halo 1 had the best split screen multiplayer at the time. Now, some would argue that GoldenEye and Perfect Dark had great split screen multiplayer. And I would say they're fucking insane because those games ran at like three frames per second when you had more than two people. Whereas at least... Also,
1: those games are doggy shit. Oh, I won't say they're
0: dog shit, oh. but I will say that Halo at least you can fucking... They're playable if you have four-player split screen because I had so many LAN parties where it was like most of the TVs had were split four ways and nobody ever had an issue sniping or anything like that. So... That's good. It was also the first game that was a console game that really encouraged people to play in lands and get, like, a shit ton of friends over with their Xboxes and play together. And I had so many LAN parties as a teenager with this game where we would just order a shit ton of pizza and have fucking Ethernet cables going left, right, and center trying to get this shit working. And it was worth every minute because even if you got in, like just like five to six games of like big team battle on blood gulch in a land it was uh it was so just exciting and fun and you cannot get that online like the just like the hype around having all your friends there and talking shit to each other uh it is fucking priceless just priceless
1: now that's that's one thing i wish i could to experience more i did play halo 2 split screen with my brothers uh but I do wish I had gotten to experience a LAN party with Halo 1 however I have seen in recent times people trying to make LAN a thing again which in some regards that is a thing there's internet cafes and just like esports type bars around now so it is potentially viable especially as we get older and video gaming becomes more commonplace because at the time of Halo 1 coming out, it was still kind of creeping into the mainstream, whereas prior was just like, you know, people would see it as like dungeons and dragons type people. Which is just an unkind which is just a kinder way of saying an unkind thing.
0: Plus, back in the day, a lot of people didn't even know how like the internet worked. Like I remember first exactly. setting up LAN parties and having to run Ethernet cable and getting like these super big 16 port switches and trying to get each Xbox to see each other. It was like a whole fucking thing. Whereas now I feel a lot of people know how to network things better and it's just a smoother experience overall. I really do think that places will set up like land parties and it'll be more frequent. Like there's, there's even a place where you can like rent a bus that has like all this stuff, that you would need to do a LAN
1: party which I is is pretty fucking cool. Does it even does it even need to be a LAN party anymore or can it literally just be a server and then everybody gets on it but you just have all your friends on it like what is the difference at this point? Oh, a server you need like a a host
0: PC for. Um whereas like a LAN party the hub is the host. So like the the actual like router hosts the the match. If that makes
1: it, it it makes a weird sense if you think about it. I, I get it but what is the fundamental difference at this point in time a uh, lag
0: so if you were to do just like a server and a bunch of people going unless you're going directly into a server unless you had like a server that was set up for it and you're going directly into it um then you would be fine like, but otherwise there would still be lag whereas doing like a local area network with all the com- like all the things communicating with the uh, each other simultaneously you would have zero lag like there'd be l- literally no ping
1: huh i'm gonna look into this more <laughs> yeah because it does sound interesting and i do i do see where the the fundamentals come into it yeah but uh i, I think that i think we've
0: talked about halo for long enough at least for this podcast but we will go we'll probably
1: revisit it when we go to other halo games too I'd have to assume absolutely. And Halo is a series that I believe we're both fond of, Dave. Would you say it's your favorite game series of all time as well? I would say uh, from Halo One, oh Halo
0: One, all the way up through the end of Reach, like all of the Bungie games. Yes, they are my favorite series. Everything that three four three has done, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into the three four three era of Halo at some point. Yeah, but. It can't be understated how deeply the Halo games have affected me and inspired me, both as just a creative and someone who has a passion for gaming. Some of my best memories are from Halo. Um, I don't know when we'll get to Halo 3, but I have. That's when a lot of my gaming memories come in. But a lot of my friends I still talk with in game come from around that time. I met them through Modern Warfare 2, mind you. But we would play Halo 3 constantly. So it is a series that has a deep, deep love in me. It's a great series.
0: It, like I said, it's probably, as far as, like, series go, Halo is one of the best. And it is my favorite, by far. Just, just the, even if I'm going by just Halo 1, 2, 3, those games are awesome. But I still love ODST. I think Reach is phenomenal. Um even the the story to Halo 4 is really good. So I can't wait to to talk more about the Halo franchise cuz obviously I have a deep knowledge of all things Halo. Like I've read a lot of the books, it, I've played
1: every game. I I just love learning about the lore of Halo and it's even more fun to talk about it, but also learning more is good too. Yeah. Um and I you know, say what you will, I appreciate 343 trying things with newer Halos. I just think there's there's ways to improve it. I'm not going to shit on them entirely. I'm not going to say they've ruined it because it's like, well, the old ones are still good. It's kind of like if there's only two copies of a really expensive vase and you break one of them. Oh, the first one's just more expensive now because <laughs> the other one's bad. Like, I fail to see people's opinions. Fair enough. All right, I'd
0: say uh, this is where we can end it. Um, so, for those of you who have survived this almost two and a half hour long podcast, thanks. I hope you enjoyed it. This is probably the most fun podcast I've I've recorded. I'd have to say, I, I, I just
1: talking about Halo is just fun shit. Would you agree? It's it's a lot of fun. I love talking about the lore, and I love hearing your opinions on it as well. And it's just, it's a good game series. I think a lot of people should, you know, even if you played it, give it another go through and like really study it. Study what you like about it and what you you would like to see more of in games. Because even looking at early Halo games, you can learn a lot going forward. It's masterful game
0: design is what it is. Like going through the original Halo, even now they just did so many things so perfectly that i wish that the i wish 343 would go back and look at these games with a much closer magnifying glass and pull out the stuff that made it great and utilize it in future
1: games a lot of that stems from having a passion for it i don't want to say i don't want to say anybody is lacking passion, because that's just a cruel thing to say. I don't know what people feel, but it's. I wish it were more apparent in 343 games like it is with the early Halo games, because like, you look at any of them, you can see, even if this was always meant to be a product, it was something they wanted to be proud of, and that's obvious in every regard. And I just wanted that to come through and translate better in future installments. Same.
0: So that's where we're going to end this podcast. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you follow us on your podcatcher of choice. We're on i uh, iTunes, you, Apple. I,
1: you have said podcatcher twice now. Yeah,
0: I'm going to keep saying it. I like it. Oh, I, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it again. You want to you hear three? Follow us on your podcatcher of choice, whether it be apple podcast what are you Google trying Podcasts. to say are
1: you are you intending to say podcatcher yes yes that's what they're called what the fuck is a podcatcher it catches the pods no i mean genuinely <laughs> like because i was like is he trying to say podcaster wait that's what we no, are that doesn't no, make any sense that's either. that's what they're
0: called man is it literally podca- it's podcatcher what about platform no platform sounds lame podcatcher sounds better platform
1: Platform is what you land your spaceship on. I get it. I get it. All right, go ahead. So follow us
0: on your podcatcher of choice, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon. I don't know what the hell Amazon calls their podcasts, but their stuff, Pandora. Uh, Wherever you get this, make sure you follow us there. Uh, Spotify. Spotify, yeah, Spotify as well. And you can also follow our Facebook page, Extraordinary Games. Um, we have a YouTube channel as well, which i I think I'm only one video behind on that now. And I don't know if I'm going to do the Halo one cause two and a half hours of editing is a lot of time, but you can catch us there as well. Uh, I post supplemental gameplay videos and other random shit there and that's going to be it. And I, uh, hope you guys come back next week where maybe we'll do fable.
1: I don't know. Who uh- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any updates on the Patreon, by the uh,
0: way? No. We still only have one Patreon supporter. Thank you, Johnny V, for supporting us on Patreon. Um, Johnny V, you are not forgotten. You are always loved. But if anybody else wants to support the Patreon, feel free. We are doing a, a vote right now for what we might be covering in March. So you can vote there if you, you know, toss a dollar my way every month. Um,
1: and we've. We've always got more ideas in the works, too, is something good to mention. Yeah, yeah. we definitely have more
0: different like show varieties, especially uh, coming up for Patreon. But we're probably just going to test them out here for free. So don't feel like you have to give us money. But if you have like an extra dollar in your wallet and you want to throw it my way, feel free. And uh, that's going to be it. And uh, have a great day, folks. And see you again next week. Adios. Y'all have a great night.